It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on LiveHipHopDaily.tv. And this episode is sponsored by Canvas Supply Company. Canvas Supply Company offers supply chain solutions for individuals and businesses looking to expand their production value into the new and emerging hemp markets. Canvas Supply is proud to be actively engaged in policymaking, public education, and their focus is on supporting diversified, certified, organic, and transitional farmers that incorporate regenerative agricultural practices and have the capacity for scalable food-grade compliance with accountability please check out canvas supply company please follow them on instagram at canvas supply co and atlantibus clothing of course everything from our atlantibus to our drug lord and return to vipers collections are all available for purchase and matter of fact tonight is 10 percent off as you know every night on, on tuesdays between nine and midnight the whole entire store is 10 percent off when you use the um, promo code cash color cannabis so shop today and use promo code cash color cannabis all right, without further ado, I have a guest who actually I had to I had to double check whether or not she's actually been in the studio before. I know you've been a guest before, but I'm like, am I confused? Has, has Hollywood been a guest guest before? But you haven't. You haven't. You most certainly have been on the show before. But for those who don't know, I have my good friend Alexis Hollywood Harris. Um, she is a lobbyist. She consultant Harris. Like there's just so many titles she holds. But the biggest one that she's she really holds is lobbyist. I feel like she moves a lot of weight with her name and a lot of weight with her voice. And I'm blessed to have her on the show today to talk about some stuff that's going on in Georgia when it comes to hemp, when it comes to cannabis and some big announcements coming down the pipeline. So, hey, Alexis. Hey. <laughs> you know, I always find it funny calling you Hollywood because you're the least Hollywood person. Like, how'd you get the nickname Hollywood? Well, when I was two years old, I always walked around like huge sunglasses. And if you know me, I still do that today. So most of the time you'll see me with these big Hollywood sunglasses on because I do not have time to feel everybody's energy. Oh, OK. So <laughs> since you were two, you've been you've been worried about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, empath in the building. All right, well, thank you for coming through, um, Hollywood. Hey, for those who don't know, let everybody know what you do in the cannabis and hemp space down here and how you kind of help out. Well, I think it's interesting that everybody thinks I'm a lobbyist. I am not an official lobbyist. My father, Michael Coteris, actually is. He's the state lobbyist. Yeah. But I'm a translator, apparently. I speak spirit, and so most of the time, <laughs> if he has a meeting or yeah. I'm in a room, I just clarify things for people in short. But um, on a professional level, I um, focus on strategic partnerships, planning, and positioning. I work with the community, doing outreach, and I did Georgia's second uh, safe syringe program in harm reduction. And so that's what really got me passionate about mm -hmm. cannabis and advocacy. Um, usually I'm used to hearing about it from a consumption level in our community. My father thought it was very important for us to do it from the business side or consider hemp and cannabis from the business side. I um, decided to go down to the Capitol with him. And once I understood, I spoke the language of politicians, people, advocates, professionals, I realized I had to get in there and do something. So, hence, you have Harrison Associates. Yeah. That is my business. My father has a Georgia Hemp Association. And I literally just fill gaps in services. That's what I do. You know, it's crazy. Yo, your, your pops is, is such a big name out here as far as on the lobby inside. He's the only lobbyist I've ever smoked weed with. Like, he invited us to the house, smoked, and then started hemp. feeding us. You smoked hemp. Oh, hemp. yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. We on air. We smoked hemp. <laughs> he the first lobbyist I ever smoked hemp with who I know actually could walk down to the state capitol and get some business done. Um, you know, you had a chance to, again, I feel like lobbying is, again, is not your, your strong suit. Like, it's not the first thing you wanted to jump into what made you kind of lean towards that as of late or lean in that area as, as of late I saw that people were receptive to my words a lot of times 
in society, but mostly at the Georgia Capitol, there's a lot of miscommunication. It's like the game telephone where, you know, something starts off pure and by the time it gets to the people it needs to get to, it is not pure, it's not clear, it's not being translated in a way that's straightforward. And because everybody has these titles and labels they have to adhere to these rules, they can't say certain things or they can't articulate certain points. And I realized I had the freedom to do so by not being in anybody's network and I just would tell them the truth. Yeah. How hard has it been, though? You know, I mean, I've been down to the state capitol myself and having to speak to representatives, having to speak to people. It's not the easiest gig. Like That's why it matters who you go with. So, yeah. like you said, Coach holds a lot of weight in that gold dome and he could literally walk you into anybody's office in that capitol. Yeah Bipartisan. And you will have a good conversation with them. It will not be a official, formal Type of conversation, it is the real open them, and that's what I appreciate the most. And it's a shit. Him and um, him and Stanley are like that. They could walk into anybody's office. They had me sitting in um, um, Harold Jones's office one time for like thirty minutes. I'm like, bro, I'm, ain't he going trip? Like, like, even Stanley learned from Coach because shit. Stanley will walk. I mean, Coach will walk you into Michael Gravely's office. He will walk you into the Speaker of the House's office. So there's just certain offices that you cannot just walk into, yeah. and so it is very important to know who can walk into those offices. That's why a lot of times when people hire lobbyists and their points don't get pushed uh, across, they're like, what was the disconnect? And it was like, you didn't have the right people. That person doesn't have any power in the Capitol. Yeah, you're being friends with the wrong people. Right, you have to be extremely strategic. And so in that, you realize every single cannabis event we held, which most of the time I would, it would be my ideation as far as the content and the programming, and my dad would bring the politicians. But you see, we had Representative Billy Mitchell every single time. We had Senator Harold Jones every single time, and that's because Senator or Harold Jones, he's been writing the decriminalization bill for the past three years, and it gets shut down every single year. For Billy Mitchell, he's the president of the National Black Caucus of State Legislators, which literally influences every black community nationwide. And so these aren't just relationships. These are powerful relationships to harness and uphold for our community to to get what we're actually asking for versus going, this ain't fair, you know, because that's not an effective strategy. You know, we was having a brief conversation earlier about decriminalization versus legalization and, and, and how people get those two things confused often. Like, and I told you before, I'm on your side. I'm not a big believer in legalization, but I feel like if you decriminalize, you, you, we could do a lot of shit. What's the difference for those who, who, who want to know? What's the difference between decriminalization and legalization? So legalization, and I did this in the um, in the presentation for the 420 experience. Shout out to Hope Wiseman for having me on that program. Um, but we did a presentation where literally there's only two difference between a regulated and unregulated market, and that's paperwork and perception. And so for legalized and decriminalized, a legalized industry would be you have paid your taxes, you have paid for certificates or licenses or certain paperwork into their system for you to be validated to be able to do certain actions and you will not be perceived a criminal. Um, Decriminalization will allow that same type of psychological perception towards individuals who do not have that paperwork, who cannot afford those uh, financial barriers set into place by infrastructures. And so that's literally the difference, uh, perception and paperwork. When you decriminalize the plant, that means citizens are able to grow or carry, distribute the plant without criminal charges. Now, you may get a fine because, of course, everybody got to get their hands touched. Let's be real. This is a business, so... 
they want their money. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if we decriminalize, everybody could touch the plant versus just people with money. So, you know, everybody's excited. Oh, we're going to legalize unless they do a federal level decriminalization and restorative action plan. You're just looking at you getting busted in pop-ups. I was going to say. And, and a lot of illegality. It's the main reason why pop-ups even exist in legal markets. Like, people act like pop-ups only exist in Atlanta. Nah, I get invited to pop-ups in Boston, Oklahoma. They in exist for a reason. They exist for a reason because legalization doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot more. Other, like you said, other than paperwork, mm -hmm. if you still are going to get criminalized for this plan, then what's the purpose of you legalizing it? Look at California. Mm -hmm. There are still shops being busted. How many years did they fight for minority participation? 20 years. Let me just throw that number in there for you. Just for everybody who's like, well, why don't we just do this? Or how come we can't do that? I think the biggest issue is everybody trying to make sense of things and feeling some type of way versus looking at what's going on, really analyzing where you could fit in yep. and strategizing to get what you're asking for versus just asking somebody for permission for what you think you deserve. Facts. All right, so um, I brought you on also to speak about some of the things I get asked about on the show often about what's going on in Georgia. Okay. And I told you earlier, I'm already tired of talking about it. So let's talk. Let's let's get Alexis to talk about it. Um, first question that always gets asked to me: What's the current state of medical marijuana out here in 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 Georgia? You can get a card. There's no place you can purchase the medicine. <laughs> it seems like nobody believes that. Yeah, you can get a card, but there's no place you could actually do that, including him, including CBD. Actually, there's no place you could really go. Go to. Um, you could go to a smoke shop or the gas station, which yeah. are technically illegal, but yeah. you know, or we'll call them unregulated because they have certain paperwork. But we are getting to the point where you're going to start seeing, we should start seeing dispensaries. We should start seeing um, um, like brick and mortar shops. Where are we at as far as in that process? You know, we know where the license has been distributed. We know how many have been out there. Like, so what's the process like next for people? Well, I haven't seen the official um, licenses for the cannabis, uh, the medical cannabis licenses. There's six. Six of them. Two yeah. major ones, four smaller. Um, I don't want to call, miscall the numbers, but there's going to be four smaller ones, two major ones. And I'm going to ask you a question after I say this. Um, those same six... Um, licensees will be the ones who get all 30 dispensaries in the state of Georgia and understanding that we advocated for vertical and when I say we most of the Georgians advocated for vertical integration as far as what type of business model they wanted so vertical means that they're going to do this from the bottom to the top so where do you fit in in that type of marketplace especially with such uh, financial barriers into into market and so me and you being there, knowing what people advocated for, how do you feel about that now? I feel like it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way for somebody to come in, say um, a major company, to come in and kind of make a move. But it's also a way for somebody like, say, Green Toe, Green Toe Hemp. They, mm -hmm. they, they have their own farm. They, can, they have a vertically integrated business. So mm -hmm. I can't say it's all the way a negative because it's not like we don't have black faces who do have that opportunity to do that. But overall... We just I mean, got to know if are they going to get one of those six licenses and what did those lobbying dollars look like? I would definitely would advocate for Green Toad as well as HK Farms because they've been farming since the 1800s. Yeah. And so with that being said, there's a lot of farmers and agriculturalists who deserve to have those licenses and do vertical um, operations. But if they don't get those six licenses, where does that leave them legally? Back to the decriminalization aspect of it and not just the legalization component. So what do you feel like, how long do you feel like it's going to take for us to see a real bill that says decriminalization here in Georgia? 
I mean, I just told you, Harold Jones, Senator Harold Jones has been trying for three years straight. And there are certain people who said straight to my face in their office, like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But it's going to take a lot of us to go down there together in a, in a unified message to get what we're asking for. And there's 168 counties in Georgia. So if we want to decriminalize on a county level like we've been doing that means we have a lot of counties to go which is why this december we're partnering with representative billy mitchell to do a national call to action for all communities of color to understand what page they need to be on to to get decriminalization on a state and local and federal level now you sent that video over to me earlier what, so what is billy mitchell proposing He's given us the platform to speak on what he knows we have um, been working on with him for the past five years. He's not proposing anything. He's just given us a platform and an ear to hear what we think will be best for our communities to be included in the hemp and cannabis space. And I really appreciate him for doing that because he's going to have uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. She's scheduled to be at this event. So that's a huge opportunity to speak about what we think should happen, which is why from now until then, I will have uh, open dialogue with the community about what do they think should be, because it's not just yeah. what I think, what coach thinks, what you think, what it's what do you guys think? What do you want to do? Tell me now. So when I have that air, we can actually have a serious message and not just a emotional powwow. That's what's up. So when is that? Go- that's happening in December. When, when it, do they have a date for you for yet? Um, I do not have an official date yet, but it will be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And once I get it, I'll share it with you. Word. So what else is coming down the pipeline for y'all? I am so excited because we have a retreat going on in Michigan. Um, I will send you the details for that as well. We um, start planning that with one of our partners up in Michigan where it's going to be a wellness retreat. And we're going to launch a line of hemp products, Harris Hill and Hemp, which is a family and legacy line of hemp products. So that will be released during this retreat in Stop Michigan. Stop playing coach getting into business. I'm just telling you. You know, he was at the farm in Las Vegas for a while, and he did pretty well out there. It's like coach the farmer. <laughs> it was funny to see. <laughs> but um, we also have 710 Compassion Day. I think you um, went to the very first one at the state capitol. We'll be doing that this year in collaboration with a lot of um, – companies out from Colorado that we met at the NOCO Hemp Festival. I left the um, product over there, but that's um, some of the industrial materials made from hemp from one of the partners um, out of Missouri. So it's super cool to see that hemp is more than just flour. Hemp is more than just uh, smokable or oil. Like literally they're turning stuff into hempcrete right now. They have microfilament for door panels. It's crazy the stuff they can do. So 17 Compassion Day and then December, the National um, Black Caucus of State Legislators event. Solid, man. I'm ready for. So appreciate you coming through tonight, man. You know, you always shed light on us for what's going on around here. And you definitely, uh, definitely appreciate it and definitely need it. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be here. I'm really proud to see your growth because we all started at the same time. Coach was on your very first show Facts, with man. Yo, Miss Sharon. at um, Free Yo, man. You know, off yeah. of, um, where was it? Oh, down at the Omen Agency. Yes, at the Omen Agency. It's super dope. So to see where you're at now, to know where you're going, for you to include me, I'm just super thankful. If y'all want to have a conversation with me, you can send me an email at alexis at consultingcaris.com. You can follow me on Instagram at consultingcaris.com. And my website is www.consultingharris.com. Again, my name's Alexis Hollywood Harris. Thank you, Mecca, for having me. No doubt. Hollywood, appreciate you coming through tonight. 
Hi, and that's Cash Color Campus, a high level of conversation sponsored by Canvas Supply Company and Atlanta Biz Clothing. Perfect.